And my <laughs> next game is actually from the Nintendo showcase as well. It's one that we didn't talk about during our discussion on Nintendo, even though I did kind of want to bring it up, but we changed subject too quickly. And so this past weekend, I was at my girlfriend's house with our family and her family plays a lot of Mario Party. And so for oh. the first time in my life, I played Mario Party with one of the most competitive families I've ever seen. And I was on a team with my girlfriend. We won, obviously. I carried. A bit. <laughs> I won at least one minigame. So they announced Mario Party All-Stars, which is a collection of all the like top favourite Mario Party minigames, I imagine. I don't know how they've ranked it, but it's just a collection of older minigames. So my pick for my next game is the new WarioWare game. So, right, you, you talked about Mario Party and then went to Wario. That's yeah. actually quite clever. That, that was a sneaky little transition. Because WarioWare is a better party game. Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Extra Heart Podcast, the show where we talk about all things video games. I'm joined today by my good friend Seamus McNeil. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about all things E3 and Summer Games Fest 2021. So, Seamus, what's your overall thoughts about the E3 show this year? So, as a collective, I thought that it was pretty good. Mainly because of a lot of the kind of beginning and ending um, announcements with the massive announcement of Elden Ring finally getting some footage along with a release date was a great opener and Nintendo doing probably their best uh, direct uh, this year to finish off the the show was great. I, I really enjoyed those parts. But the middle bit, I think, left a bit to do be uh, desired other than Microsoft's show. You kind of do feel uh, Sony's absence in this one. I was going to ask, because Sony haven't been to E3 for a few years now. And I, I'm not sure why they wouldn't be. Like, I know they do their own uh, PlayStation state of plays. But I feel like... The best time for them, when everyone's attention would be on them, would be E3, like this time of year. I, I, I do agree that I think that the way that Nintendo didn't show up to one of them, and then Sony's just not been showing up. I mean, the last year, that wasn't really one. There wasn't so one last they, year, but they didn't show up in 2019 either. I don't think, I think the last time they showed up was 2018 with Spider-Man. The, yeah, it was. I think it was the Spider-Man and the Last of Us Two, along with the Ghosts of Tsushima. Yeah, because that was the last year they had a lot of big games coming out. And to be fair, they don't have. They don't seem to have a lot of stuff coming out right now. Whereas Microsoft, on their hand, on the other hand, have a lot of stuff coming out. They showed well, off thirty games at their showcase, most of which I think like twenty-seven out of thirty were coming to Game Pass. That's that. That is actually quite a lot. Like, come it to was, Game Pass day one. Yeah, wait. So they, they just come out and they're actually just put straight onto the They're Game just Pass. on Game Pass. Like, uh, one of our favourite games, Hades, has just got announced for a console release on Xbox and PlayStation, and it's going straight to Game Pass day one. Oh, okay. So I guess that's that's a really that's a really good announcement, the way that kind of incentivizes people to 
actually go out and spend money on the Game Pass. Game um, Pass is amazing. Yeah, I, I, it, it's always been good, and especially through the uh, through the years, it used to be something that you kind of went, "Oh, neat! I get a game uh, every month." Now it's just a lot of games and a lot of value for your money when you actually go and get a Game Pass. It's genuinely amazing. Like I don't, I don't own an Xbox right now, but my girlfriend does. So I use her Xbox. Like I borrowed it, so it's at my house now, and the amount of games I've downloaded on it is like great. The amount of games I found through it that I never thought I'd like. We played through Ori in the Blind Forest. We played through. Uh, I started playing Dead Cells on it. We've played just a bunch of different games that we just never would have played before, and that's only the games that are on it now. Like there's still so many games coming to it, including like some pretty big releases like obviously all their first party games are always come to game pass day one so the next halo game comes to game pass day one the next forza comes to game pass day one but then third party games like hades which is like was one of the game of the year contenders last year even though it was just an indie game like it's still an amazing game that i've played so much on my switch and i can't wait to play it on xbox or playstation because i've only got a switch light so i can't play on the tv yeah, so I, like, I've got Hades on the uh, PC, and I had it sitting there for a little bit, and just throughout the time I was in lockdown, I was just trying to do something other than play video games, but when I went, uh, decided to go back to video games, Hades was one of the first I picked up, and within a week, I got nearly 50 hours on it. So I very much enjoy it, and I'm glad that it's getting a lot more spread. It's able to actually go to a lot more consoles, because I really think it's a game that people who enjoy Greek mythology and combat, uh, action combat, will enjoy it. But there's also quite a few things that um, are being announced as well, because you said there's a new Halo yeah. Um. What What was your favorite? Uh. I suppose. Well. What What was your overall thoughts on E3 this year? Then. Uh, I think there seemed to be a lot of filler in between the three, or in between like the Summer Games Fest was good. There's the one that kicked off, but that isn't officially part of E3. That's one run by Jeff Keighley. And I like Jeff Keighley. He's just so enthusiastic about enthusiastic about games. Uh, he brought. He managed to get a lot of good exclusives, like to his show. Like he was the one who showcased Elden Ring for the first time, which is nuts. You also had Kojima. You had an interview with Hideo Kojima when they announced the like PlayStation Five upgrade of Death Stranding. Oh, so yeah, that 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 was that was true. Like Jeff Keighley. He's he's kind of a very recognizable face, and this time he was extremely excited for this uh, show. And it was a great introduction. I really did think it brought a lot of spirits up and excitement to the show. Um, I, do, I do agree, though, that there seemed to have been quite a bit of filler. And I also feel like a lack of audience generally was felt as well. Yeah, that's always going to be like an atmosphere thing where 
in the past, E3 has been a massive expo where there's been thousands of people because I was open to public and press. So, like, you were able to just get a pass to go and sit on the show floor, go to uh, the game conferences, things like that. Whereas now, obviously, it's a very limited audience as well as, like, everyone's just looking at online. So you're not going to get that atmosphere that you get previously, which is obviously that can't be helped. That's more to do with the COVID restrictions. So you can't... I never really took that into account because I knew... Like, I understood that's the case. That is that is something that is obviously going to be felt. You know, just seeing some of the uh, force clapping after every single minor word said on stage. You know, it was something special about that type of, like, atmosphere. And just kind of got you thinking about, you know, it's, it's just having people there and ha- being at the mercy of reading... Uh, live stream chats to kind of gauge people's reactions which isn't exactly the most solid way of getting any form of people's feelings for the most part but I think that the way that it's kind of going right now I felt like that other than the big like kind of companies what is your uh, personal favorite announcement your personal favorite game an- uh, announcement so is that game that was just announced at this, uh, just like games. at this E3, or the game that was shown at this E3? Um, I would I would say specifically announced something announced. like new. I'll say Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope because I absolutely adored the first game, even though most people laughed at me for like like being excited for it because I like that type of game. I like the uh, turn based grid based sort of XCOM style game. Yeah, and that's what the first game was. It was XCOM for babies, and I'm rubbish at XCOM, so it was great for me. XCOM's well, too hard for me, even though I like it. It's just difficult. I mean, yeah, and it is a popular franchise, and I was I was very surprised. I thought that they were going to keep it as a kind of one-off. Uh, I wasn't expecting it to be made into a series. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It was just certainly an unexpected announcement. No, I think I think the first game did quite well, so I'm not surprised that it got a sequel. To be quite yeah, honest, it, like I thought, it got a very good reception. Like it made people like the rabbits before the game came out. Everyone hated the rabbits. The rabbits are basically just minions. Yeah, they, they were pretty much the minions before minions, and you no, know, it, it was kind. Of, I suppose people soft into the rabbits because the rabbits weren't so much. The idea of them by themselves isn't a bad thing. It's just the fact that we haven't seen Rayman in a while in his own type of game. And then he shows up in this party game. And then the party games keep getting released with no sign of a Rayman. The rabbits have overtaken Rayman. Yeah, and then thankfully, uh, I believe it was Rayman Legends came out. And people were okay with rabbits because Rayman is back, so... But even yeah, Rayman Rabbids. Legends came out years ago now. Yeah, but this was like when the first Rayman Rabbits were the Wii was announced. Yeah, and like Rayman Rabbits to... came out on the Wii, which was like well over 10 years ago. Yeah, but it was that type of uh, kind of first reaction to them of, we want a new Rayman, we don't want this party game. But now, now, now that the Rabbits have kind of been able to be their own like thing, I think that them going into the Mario 
game like making the Mario and Rabbits uh, games being quite good for them. And I, it is funny. And it did do well, and it was well received. It's just not something that I expected to be turned into a series, but I guess that that's... Nintendo turns everything into a series. It, they do. They they do. Nintendo except... are the kings of rehashing content, which we'll talk about a bit more when we talk about their uh, uh, showcase presentation. Yeah. Because actually, let's just go right into it now. Like ninety nine percent of the games they announced for sequels are like remakes. Yeah, there hasn't been uh, a, a new IP really announced at Nintendo, which I'm 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 personally um, okay with. Like that wasn't that was a couple surprises. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm not bashing them. I'm just saying, like in terms of when it comes to like sticking with the same characters and making the same series, like Nintendo are the kings of it because people still buy them, and they do find ways to make new storylines and new games yeah. interesting while still feeling familiar they are extremely good at that yeah and so you're a bigger nintendo fan than i am i think like i have yeah. a switch but i'm not i've never been a massive nintendo guy i've always like i've i like nintendo i've always played nintendo i adore my switch like i play it more often than not to the point where i've been rebuying games i own on playstation and xbox to play them on switch yeah. Like, I just love the Switch. So what would be some of your sort of positives from the Nintendo presentation? The Nintendo presentation, I did say I thought it was the best uh, presentation they did because, to be honest, some of the earlier ones this year haven't been fantastic. They've left a lot to be desired, but this one, I think, was the right amount of content for E3. Like the bare minimum. Yeah, it was which, about it was less than an hour, wasn't it? Or was it about an hour? It was about forty minutes. About forty minutes. Yeah, I only caught the last ten minutes of it because I was, uh, I was out at the time, even though I was really wanting to watch it. I had to go to the doctor, and I came back in the last ten minutes and caught the last ten minutes. Yeah, it was strangely enough. Um, they opened with the usual smash reveal with Kazuya yeah. from Tekken uh, being added, which. I don't think created the most amount of excitement, but is probably being one of the most generally accepted characters I have seen. Since. Well, yeah, it's a character from a fighting game. They're always going to... Like, there's Tekken's a big franchise in the f sort of fighting genre. Yeah, and it, it, he is a Bandai Namco character, and Bandai Namco have helped create Ultimate. I'm just surprised it took this long for them to add a character, but... He looks pretty interesting, um, and I do think that he is going to be very fun to play. Yeah. But, you know, everyone's been expecting Smash announcements. That's uh, a sort of given every time Nintendo do a Direct, isn't it? There's always something about a new fighter for Smash. Yeah, they, they usually have been consistent with it. Every Direct nowadays has a uh, Smash character attached to it. Is there a uh, character so that you want to be added that hasn't been added yet? Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot. I was going to say, everybody seems to be saying Crash. And I like, yeah. I love Crash. I'm not a big fan of Smash Brothers, but I love Crash Bandicoot. I mean, my main argument is that Crash and Smash, they, they rhyme, so why why hasn't it happened yet? 
uh, Activision have openly said they would love Crash to be in it. The creator um, of the the current owner of it says I would be completely happy to have Crash in. So I yeah. I think it's a very good possibility he shows up. I think maybe uh, that's one of them because it's like such a fan favorite and I might be one they're saving to a bit later. I mean, they could definitely do another like fighter pass and probably still get a good amount of money out of it. Yeah, because how many fighter passes have there been? Is it three now? Uh, no, it's been two, but this one two. has an extra character. An extra fighter, okay. Because the base game, um, the fighter, if you pre-ordered the fighter pass, or I think if you pre-ordered it, I'm not entirely sure, but that was Piranha Plant. Yeah, I remember that um, one, yeah. Wasn't part of the pass, but was technically added to six uh, downloadable characters by the end of the first pass. So they're just doing another six there. Um, but to continue on with the Nintendo Direct, it was pretty all right. And then we got to the Metroid Prime 4 update, which is that they are working on it. <laughs> and it's in the absolute cycle of development hell but there's, there's been a couple was of, announced next there's been a couple of times like e3s and nintendo directs where it's literally just a guy just being like oh yeah we're making it they did it with pokemon a few years ago but i think it was it pokemon about sword and shield and they Breath were like the wild has also received that treatment yeah like nintendo are the only people that do that and still get away with it somehow like they literally just like for the Pokemon one, I remember watching it. It was just the guy who went, I think it was one of the artists. And he was just sat at his desk with like a drawing pad and he was like, oh yeah, we're making a new Pokemon. And then that was it. Yeah. The, Nintendo Nintendo do have guts. I'll say that. But the thing is like, this one was slightly different because he said, here's something to tide you over. And I don't think they quite understood how much a new 2D Metroid meant to people, particularly Metroid Dread, a project that had been first initially kind of created nearly 20, maybe it's been made like 20 years ago. It was a DS game when it was first announced, wasn't it? It wasn't quite announced, but there were a few things like, like when it was uh, being trademarked. developed. Yeah, like when they first started working on it, it was supposedly supposed to be a ds release yeah that's just how old it is it used to be like so that's a good like for the DS. 15 years like 15 to 20 years and now they've announced this because of the success of uh metroid samus returns the metro 2 remake it's the same people that developed that who are now making this one and i am exceptionally excited i cannot wait for that game between Metroid Dread and Elden Ring, I can't really pick because I've been waiting for those games for a while. I didn't even know I was waiting on Metroid Dread, to be honest. I was just hoping for a Metroid Prime 4 yeah. update. I was but going to ask you. Give me a bigger surprise. Yeah, I was going to ask actually how you felt about Metroid Dread because that, that was one of the reveals I saw when I caught the end of the showcase. And obviously, I know everybody's been wanting Metroid Prime 4. So when I saw they made like a 2D one, I was kind of like, oh, is this what people want? Like, because I'm not a Metroid fan. I've never actually played a Metroid game. 
I've played a lot of Metroidvanias. No. Yeah. Like in the past like couple months, but I wasn't sure what like the diehard sort of fans thought about it. So it was good to hear that you're excited for it. Because then, it, if it is a good that, game, it's the kind of game that I would pick up as well. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's the amount of like excitement this has caused us might be strangely enough a gateway for people to actually go into the metroid franchise and the classic metroid games it's it is personally more exciting to me because while i adore metroid prime it's it, it up to the third one i thought it's pretty neatly like concluded but the metroid fusion the way that ended there was still more to the story to be told and and now they're got, they're finally continuing it. it it's it, I think it's something that has excited a lot more uh, hardcore fans, just because there's all of these like indie Metroidvanias that are coming out and doing really well. I was wondering when Nintendo would actually understand that people want a two D Metroid again, and I don't even think they the, the way that it was presented. It looked like it was supposed to, like, tide us over while we're waiting for Prime 4. And I honestly think it has more excitement than Prime 4. Do you think that they sort of underestimated? Absolutely. Yeah. They, they completely... They, that, that, like, if that was the end of the presentation, that would have been just absolute, like, amazing ending. Like, The Breath of the Wild 2... I haven't really played too much of the first one. Oh, the first one's amazing. But the way to me that it was presented was there's now skies, which is pretty cool. I really like that. But other than that, I didn't really get a sense of how great the change was. I mean, there's a couple of new abilities and enemies. I don't know. I just I just expected something a bit more grand. Maybe they should have showed off that they, they, they've actually improved their dungeon design philosophies and that. Yeah, I think just... the thing about Breath of the Wild 2 is like if you have played a lot of the first one, you realise that there's not much that needs to be changed. Like, like it's such a amazing open world game. I suppose even it's... for me, who wasn't a Zelda fan, I put like a lot I was into that. And my girlfriend just completed it recently and she put like 50 or 60 hours into it yeah i mean again i i can't say the strongest of like impressions but it did it did just kind of look like a bigger breath of the wild one which is probably exactly what people want to be honest like from someone who's played a lot of the first one i never finished it because i just ended up i ended up getting rid of my first switch i only bought my second switch recently and I haven't went back to it because I've been playing other stuff. But I watched my girlfriend finish it off because she was, like, n- quite close to the end. And, like, just from how I felt about it, how she's felt playing it, because neither of us had played Zelda before, and then just from the reactions I know from people online and just from other friends who have played it, like, I think what people wanted from that was just literally just Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. they've done pretty much what they need to do and what they can do without changing it too much that it's not the same as the first one yeah it's pretty much a i guess in a sense like a gigantic expansion pack (laughs) yeah which is to be fair is what most sequels are nowadays 
I mean, it's what they kind of used to be like. I mean, like, let's if you want, if you want to look at reusing assets, there's no better example of the Mega Man NES series, where they just used the exact same kind of enemy sprites, character sprites, assets. They they were able to make those games so fast because they had so many of the assets just ready to just put into the next one. So. And There's Mega Man's a beloved with, franchise. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's especially yeah. the uh, the older series. Yeah, like, there's what eleven Mega Man games now. Yeah, it's up to eleven, and it's it it is a real. It's I I do uh, love that franchise, and I'm glad, even though there's been a bit of a pause, at least Capcom isn't denying it exists anymore, which actually kind of brings me to this question I want to ask you. Go for it. Um, other than the big kind of... Uh, I suppose it would be the two kind of biggest companies that were there, Nintendo and Microsoft. What did you think... If uh, You mentioned filler. But you know how there was quite a lot of other companies that showed up and did presentations? Yeah, so Ubisoft, Square Enix, Bandai Namco... Uh, Devolver Digital showed up. There was a bunch of third-party developers there, yeah. Yeah. And I thought that this was going to be great. I was uh, quite excited. And while I wasn't initially going to tune into too many presentations, I ended up doing so because I was off. And I think that other than the big kind of uh, presentations and conferences... They were boring as hell, yeah. They were... They weren't really, like, quite a lot of them barely talked about games and instead talked about just things that don't affect, yeah, <laughs> like, game quality. There wasn't much there. And that's why I said, like, there was a lot of filler in this, like, entire showcase, the overall, overall E3. But Ubisoft did have some good stuff. Ubisoft is one that always annoys me because the only thing I want to hear from them is Splinter Cell and they just never do it. They seem to put Sam Fisher in every game that's not Splinter Cell. Yeah, the Ubisoft, Ubisoft are kind of strange because you know they have good IPs. You're completely correct. But then they threw Just Dance 2022. Uh, every year they do Just Dance. And yeah, I, they did do Just Dance 2022. And... I don't know what they add every year. I haven't played Just Dance since like maybe two or three, like on the Wii, when the first yeah, came like, out. I don't, I don't know how these games keep getting new additions, but the bigger question is why do these games keep getting their own unique spotlight at E3 yeah, when everyone reacts purely to it? They do this big, massive, ridiculous dance sequence. And I'll have people dressed up in stupid costumes and be dancing to whatever the biggest pop song from like that current week is. And it's yeah, just it's, the worst. It's, it's it, it honestly like it I really do feel like there was um Square Enix's one. I don't think they showed bad games. Like we'll just use them as an example because I don't think they showed bad games. Uh, did you see it? Uh, I, I didn't watch one. that one live no that's one of the ones that I missed because at, at that point I was like it's just filler I know what they were announcing anyway because they did they put up a press thing beforehand 
listing the games that we're talking about and none of them interested me so I just didn't really see the point in wasting 45 minutes yeah it. I I, I, I didn't read ahead of time when I was uh, watching it and I was like okay you know what I'm enjoying this this game looks pretty good and I'm talking about the Guardian of the Galaxy game and then it just didn't stop and I kind of realized oh my god this is going to be over half of the presentation isn't it yeah and then I did they announced see the Guardians of the Galaxy game, and I've it, got no excitement for it whatsoever. I think it looks like it can be a pretty good game, and that's that's it. It's going to look pretty good, as in, if it's there, I might play it, but I'm not going to go out of my way. And the way that you made it, because uh, th- these are these are like you know E3 is a massive like advertisement spot pretty much. Yeah. If you make me hate your advert. To the point that I am now going to go out of my way to avoid your product. Because you have overexposed it to me. When I want to see something else. Like, if you don't have anything else. Don't shorten talk. your presentation time. Don't pad it out with this game that I am going to hate now. Because you wouldn't get it out of my face. It's not even the fact that they show too much. It's just like, it looks too similar to the Avengers game to me. Just with like, just the Guardians. And yeah. the, Square Enix made the Avengers game, which I, I haven't played it because all I've heard is negative things. It's it's probably one of the more safe games, if that makes any sense. Like, there wasn't any grand game designs or mechanics that really tested the players, like, you know, kind of, like, skill or anything. It's just a safe beat-em-up, I call yeah, it. Yeah, the only thing that sort of tweaked my interest a little bit was the fact that I th- they said something about a single-player element to it, which I prefer more than the Avengers online element. I prefer a single-player story. If this is a single-player game, I'm more I, likely to pick it up than if yeah. it was like an online multiplayer Avengers-style game because I the, hate that The only annoying element. thing that I could say, like concrete annoying thing I could see about that is you can only play it as um, Star Lord. You well, don't get to play as the I others. I think that's a case of the single player thing. So that's, I don't know why they wouldn't let you switch between heroes, because like all five of the Guardians of the Galaxy are popular characters now due to the films. Yeah, and it, again, switching characters and mid combat is absolutely not a. Uh, I mean, I thought I thought that mechanic was going to be completely everywhere thanks to Grand Theft Auto V, but it's not. But not even switching mid-combat, just sort of having, like, designated levels. Yeah, like, uh, that is that is quite a popular thing as well. You, like, similar to how, like, Ratchet and Clank, you do, you do levels as Ratchet, but then you also do little mini-levels as Clank. Like, a lot of puzzle yeah. levels. Things or like that. even the Avengers game, where you play as different Avengers in different levels... They have literally done this before, exactly. so I don't know why they can't do it again. What, what would like no one wants it? I, I actually cannot think of why they wouldn't do it because. And to be honest, Star Lord's probably one of the most boring characters to play as. I mean, he's he's both. I wouldn't say he would be boring to play as because he still has like. I wouldn't say he is boring, but I would say he'd probably be one of the more boring characters to play as. Oh yeah, if you're if you're looking at the entire like if you're looking at cast, the Guardians roster, yeah. 
Yeah, that that is true. He be, he is probably the one that's going to be one of the more boring. Pretty much only guns and a jetpack. Like I'd rather play as Gamora, who's like guns and a sword. I mean, like or do like a probably weird like a rocket and group team up type thing where like you know like you control group but rockets on your shoulder so he can like control the guns like that type of thing. So you've got like ranged and close combat. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, I'm not. That didn't really sell me, and I'm a fan of Square Enix. I do like a lot of their games. The uh, the Final Fantasy VII Intergrade expansion was... for PS5 looks cool. I'm playing through, or I have been playing through it. I sort of st- I haven't played it, picked up in a while, but I was playing through the remake on PS4, and I really like it. I've never played, never been a Final Fantasy fan, never played really a lot of Final Fantasy stuff in the past, but like I do really enjoy the remake. And so I'll give them that. That is good. The, the remake is really good. The I suppose just I guess a quick comment personally to, uh, about Final Fantasy VII. If you can and you're alright with turn-based combat, definitely play the original since the remake is not necessarily a super accurate remake because it kind of goes in its own direction a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I started the original but I can't get into it. That's, that's fair. I don't like the uh, the timing based turn based combat. Yeah, it's it's I I like it personally because it puts a lot of pressure on you, which I think is like it. I personally think is very fun because it adds a lot of stress to the scenario. Yeah, it was but, just confusing me. Yeah, like that. That is that is the thing about the remake that I am actually quite happy. Um, Final Fantasy. I think it was 15 started with the kind of like action type of combat. Yeah, I prefer real time action. The only issue with it though is I think it didn't commit too uh, enough to the combat. Which is actually something that I need to mention is Final Fantasy 16. They didn't get get any real new information on that. Yeah, they didn't show anything for that. That was one of the games I was kind of excited for because I'm enjoying the 7 remake. Yeah, and... I really like the kind of... They did announce the Souls-like Final Fantasy game, though. Yes, Stranger in Paradise. Or Strangers in Paradise. And I did play through that kind of trial they showed. And I do think that it is a competently made action hack and slash game. It is definitely one of the cringiest things I've played in a while, to the point I love it. Because you just your character has nothing other than one brain cell and that brain cell's entire purpose is to kill chaos yeah i was going to say uh and i read the live stream comments and everything was just the word chaos i'm going to kill chaos and that is honestly the extent of depth in that entire game it's not designed for the story i can assure you of that because whoever, if someone has actually tried with this story, I'm sorry for them. Because this is not, this is clearly not a story-based game. I just think it's amazing. No, it, like it's marketed as a Souls-like. And to be fair, Souls-like games aren't really the best storytelling games. No, that's that's a, that's a highly... Uh, In terms of linear narrative. In linear in linear narrative, I'll give you that, but that's yeah. also kind of the that, that that is something I have to say. It's not quite. It's like the combat and the 
I suppose, difficulty. I did just jump straight into the hard mode. Um, it, it does have a lot of dissimilar kind of ideas of how Dark Souls makes its games difficult and rewarding. Um, but in terms of, like, atmosphere and world, it's it's not a Souls-like at all. It's, it's just a action. It, it could be more compared to Ninja Gaiden, actually. I mean, it's Team Ninja, yeah. so that's quite an easy comparison. Fair, but then Team Ninja also made Neo. They did make Neo, um, which is a... Now, that, that is a genuine Souls-like. Yeah, and to be fair, kinda... in my opinion, I think Neo is better than Dark Souls. You're, you're making a lot of hot takes today, huh? I love Neo. Um, I didn't. I don't, I don't think I really got uh, much of the I didn't finish chance, it actually. because I'm not good enough. But well, <laughs> I did put like a good 40 or so hours into that game, which is something I wasn't expecting to do. And like, it was the most rage-inducing experience of my life. To the point where, you remember that episode of The Simpsons when Homer contains his anger and he just keeps on getting a little lumps? on his neck yeah. because he's just like holding in that's what I was like because I was playing it to like oh four o'clock in the morning and this is when I still lived at home with my parents and like I was every boss took me like two hours minimum like there was just a constant die go back die go back die go back and I got to the point where I would like be raging, turn off my PlayStation and my TV, sit in the dark for like a minute and then just be like, nah, I'm going back, I'm not letting this guy beat me. <laughs> and so I like, I was just constantly going back because I was so addictive, as much as it was just such a raging decent game. I really enjoyed it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, that. that is the thing about the kind of like genre is that there, there are parts of it where it feels like you're going against a brick wall, but then there's a point where it clicks with you. And I think that click is something that a lot of people look at and look out for, especially. If there's if there's no real kind of like difficulty getting the click or any kind of like, I suppose like walls of any type that you hit, um, I feel like it kind of lessens the whole kind of aspect of it being a Souls-like because... Speaking of which, actually, I don't think I really talked about Elden Ring too much, or then saying I was yeah, happy we didn't go into uh, too much depth on it. Um, so maybe that could be a game because you described how you really enjoyed Breath of the Wild, and you liked some of the more uh, fluid movements of games. Elden Ring might be the game that From Software makes that might be for you. Possibly, like I was thinking. It does look okay. Like I'm not. I don't think it looks like the best game of all time. I think that I'm going to wait to see what the level design is like. How in depth is the exploration? How much customization there is to your uh, character's combat techniques? Yeah, it doesn't look too different from a Dark Souls game to me, apart from the fact that it's apparently open world and you get a jumpy horse. Yeah, there's now jumping, which is something that was introduced in Sekiro. Sekiro. Yeah. And Sekiro is a game I love, but I'm glad that it's not getting a sequel or anything. I think it is great the way it is. It's just a and Neo. It's absolutely not. Anyway, uh, <laughs> not getting into this argument. 
not getting into this argument yet. We'll 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 talk about Neil and Sekiro another time. <laughs> but Elden Ring, I think, is pretty much yeah. It's it it's looking like big Dark Souls, and I don't see a problem with that. It's supposed to be an evolution of Dark Souls, is the way that they described it. What do you think about the uh, involvement of George R. R. Martin? I think that you can definitely tell that George R. R. Martin has worked on a, a lot of the background information, a lot of the kind of like general details around the world. I think it was his main job. So Miyazaki... Uh, was the one who was in charge of creating the actual game story, while George R. R. Martin was creating the world's lore, which yeah. would explain that he pretty much walked away from it and then did an interview about it and um, got a couple of details wrong. I can't remember. I think he called it Dark Souls at one point, which was funny. Um, but I think I think it's good because. He's a very talented writer. He's very admired, and he definitely works in that level of atmosphere and tone of the Soul series. It's very gritty, yeah. and I think that the way that he's kind of made it seem like there's a bit more of a kind of the world's not destroyed yet, but it's just on the verge of falling apart. Reminds me a lot of the. Uh, Almost the beginning of the first uh, Dark Souls, where it's that type of world where you can tell it's on the verge of breaking. And I think that's always a very interesting point to be in a game, uh, in a game story. So I think he's done a great job with the level of detail everyone on the internet has been barely able to scrap up about the game. Yeah, I mean, like I say, these games aren't known for their linear storytelling, so there is a lot of background detail and things like that. And yeah, so uh, I'm not surprised that people are still this, sort of theorizing. This one actually has a lot more dialogue. Like, there's quite a few speaking characters in it. And I think this game might be a bit more linear, at least with its core story. Like, I feel like a lot more of the enemies are going to be talking to you. That's more up my street. I prefer a linear story to having to piece it together myself. Like, yeah. that's why I enjoy a lot of, like, Sony's games. Like, a Last of Us or an Uncharted or a Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima type thing. I prefer just, like, a nice straightforward story. Yeah, well... I think I think this one's gonna have more of both because you know it's big Dark Souls. Why not have more of both, more of everything? Sounds so, good. Yeah, I I think I think it's gonna be a excellent game, which comes out at the start of next year. Yeah, what so, was the release date for it? I believe it was, was it January? January. Yeah, eleventh. I yeah. can't be. So that's only what seven months. Yeah, that's that's mad. Great. So we'll sort of. Do you want to just round up and we'll just say what were your five favorite game reveals, or game, oh. just games that were shown at this year's E3? Um. Yeah. We'll we'll wrap it up there. Um. 
So are you starting or am I starting? Do you want to give me, you give me one and I'll give you one. Okay, so I guess I'll start off with an easy one. Elden Ring. Fair. We just talked about it. I'll just say mine then. Yeah. Uh, one that's been shown for a few years in a row, or at least maybe two years now, that I think looks really good actually, is the Ash vs. the Evil Dead game. Yes, yes. Oh, that that could be actually really fun. I love Ash versus Evil Dead. The, uh, I think it was the yeah, it was the uh, TV series. The TV I, show is Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I love that show. I'm sad it's cancelled, and I could always do with more Evil Dead. The game looks great. It reminds yeah. me a lot of a. Uh, did you ever play the World War Z game? No, I haven't. It's like a four-person shooter type thing, like. Kind of similar to, like, Left 4 Dead. But yeah, like the... Um, actually, I'll hold my tongue in that one, but I do know oh, yeah, Left that's one of yeah. my That was going to be my next one as well. Uh, so it's kind of similar to a Left 4 Dead type game, kind of. But this one has a lot of the Ash vs. Evil Dead charm. And, like, it looks like it's got the sense of humour. The graphics look surprisingly good on it. For being yeah, like I a, need to look the, at this game. Like being a TV show, a cancelled TV show based video game. Like, the graphics look really nice. Like, the environments look really nice, the enemies look cool, like, you get to play as characters from the TV show. Um, so I that, think that looks like a really fun game. Is Bruce Campbell voicing Ash? I'm not sure, but they've got his likeness, so... And I wouldn't be surprised if he does, because Bruce Campbell does has been in a good few video games and he does love ash and he loves ash like ash is like his favorite thing so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it's him i'm not sure off the top of my head but i'm willing to wager that it is him yeah well it would it would be great if it was and if not then you know good impersonators are everywhere <laughs> yeah so we'll we move into your next one so my next one is metro dread that is a game that I did not expect to see. And looking at it, the gameplay looks extremely sleek. The Emmys, the new robots, the movements look absolutely terrifying. I cannot wait to be chased by those things. And I can't wait to explore the new station uh, that Samus is in and figure out what this story is going to be about. Because there was one thing I noticed in the trailer I've not seen many people talk about. And that was there was a Chozo, which is pretty much uh, a race of aliens that created, um, pretty much created the entire storyline of Metroid to begin, uh, and they are considered to be almost extinct. And there was a one hundred percent a Chozo on that ship, and I want to figure out why he is on that ship and what he's doing. Because yeah. I think that it's going to be a great conclusion to Samus's uh, current story. I know nothing about Metroid, so I'm going to take your word for it. That's a cool thing. And my <laughs> next game is actually from the Nintendo Showcase as well. It's one that we didn't talk about during our discussion on Nintendo, even though I did kind of want to bring it up, but we changed subject too quickly. And so this past weekend, I was at my girlfriend's house with our family, and her family plays a lot of Mario Party. And so, for oh. the first time in my life, I played Mario Party with one of the most competitive families I've ever seen. And I was on a team with my girlfriend. We won, obviously. I carried. A bit. 
<laughs> I won at least one minigame. And so, my pick... So they announced Mario Party All-Stars, which is a collection of all the like top favourite Mario Party minigames, I imagine. I don't know how they've ranked it, but it's just a collection of older minigames. So my pick for my next game is Wario, the new WarioWare game. Because so, Wario Smooth Moves is my favourite Nintendo game. So, right, you, you talked about Mario Party and then went to Wario. That's yeah. actually quite clever. That, that was a sneaky little transition. Because WarioWare is a better party game. Well, you know what? It is actually very fun, and I am I agree. Like the new one has a lot of potential. I really like how it looks, and I'm just glad there's a new WarioWare. It's got a nice cartoon style. It's got Wario, who's better than Mario. It's easier because yeah. I'm very bad at Mario Party, apparently. Well, the the good thing is like. I, I noticed that each character plays differently, so you can complete challenges and mini games differently depending on what character you are. So that's a very exciting kind of new gimmick. But I don't know exactly how well it's going to go into the full products, but either way, it has my interest. So yeah, WarioWare Get It Together is what it's called. Yeah. And Wario Smooth Moves, which was the previous entry, was on the Wii, and that was one of my favourite games on the Wii. Like, that's oh, what wow. we played instead of Mario Party, like me, my sister, my dad, and my stepmom used to play. So, right, so th that means, oh, since the Wii, there are quite a few things coming back from, like, you know... That's what I was saying about, Mar uh, about Nintendo bringing back a lot of just old franchises. Like, Mario Party All-Stars is just pre-released already like popular Mario Party minigames like yeah. Mario Party is fun and it's probably more competitive and it's probably got more of a skill level to it but WarioWare is just fun and I reckon if I played my girlfriend and her family at Wario Smooth News I would beat all of them then <laughs> you know what game you're bringing next time. And exactly and that's all that matters to me <laughs> is not being the worst one at that family gathering Yep, that's that's the way that Wario would want that competitiveness. Exactly, <laughs> I want to be the Wario to their Mario Party. <laughs> I'm going to show up with WarioWare, get it together, and be like, guys, we're playing this now, on your Switch, on your TV, in your house. Yes, I'm the boss. I'm Wario. <laughs> uh, so well, uh, yeah, so my pick is Wario, get it together. I absolutely adore WarioWare, and I was so excited when I saw they announced the new one. Yeah, no, and this is another that my pick is going to be another unexpected announcement from Nintendo as well. This will this will probably be the last one that I say. Um, it was actually the Advanced Wars reboot camp. Yeah, is what is Advanced Wars? I don't know what it is, but apparently it's a big deal. Um, Advanced Wars is a turn-based strategy game. Uh, where you it was originally on the. I believe it was the DS, and it's pretty much a very fun, colorful uh, turn-based strategy game where you control units, and you pretty much have to defeat the other enemy uh, team. And it's got quite a fun story, it's got really like cute character designs, and it's got a great soundtrack. It's just an overall high-quality, like well-made kind of 
strategy game. Fair. And it's just a pretty good game to jump into, learn, get through the story, and just have a good time. Although there are some missions which are very difficult, and I hope they keep the difficulty of those missions. Because let's say what, the, the last mission, the stress that can be made against the last boss was both extremely fun and extremely terrifying. So I'm ex I'm extremely excited to see that continue. And one thing I hope that this does, similar to what uh, the Metro uh, 2 remake does, if this shows that there's interest in the series, maybe they make a new Advanced Wars. Fair. I had no clue what Advanced Wars was. I saw that it got announced, and it's been shown off quite a few times since. Like, people have been talking about it. I have no sort of connection with the franchise, so I didn't know how big a deal it was, if it was, like, a really a popular thing or not. So it's good to know that it is. Well, and I do like turn-based strategy games. It, 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 I would definitely check it out. Um, I will say this. This was because I was, like, a kid when I was playing it, but it is the one game that is responsible for me breaking a DS. Ooh. So just going to put that warning out there. You can get really into it, and it can be extremely infuriatingly difficult. So that's yeah. why I'm excited for it, because I now hope I don't break my console before I uh, finish a playthrough and then get and pretty much stop myself from ever playing it again. Now, to be fair, I was I was a kid when that happened. So, I've, I've not broken anything like that since, on purpose. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm excited for it. Um, what about you? What is your, what is your next uh, pick? So, my next pick, I'll just say it. We've already spoken about it before, but the Mario Rabbids uh, Sparks of Hope. Like, I'm a massive fan of the first one. I was playing through the first one again recently. I love turn-based movement tactical combat like XCOM and I'm playing a, I'm playing the Banner Saga series right now which is the same sort of combat. I'm loving that. I have XCOM on PlayStation and I bought it on Switch. Like I'm just a big fan of that style of com that style of game. And I just think the Mario Rabbids has a great charm to it. Like I do think it is quite funny. It's stupid in its humor and it's I'm probably not necessarily the target audience for it. But well, I hey, do think it is quite it. funny. Yeah, like it is funny. Like, it's, like I say, it's like the minions, but just not annoying. Yeah, because the much. rabbits, like, the minions are just stupid, where the rabbits are. Yeah, that's Like, their whole point is, like, the show up to the. In the first game, at least, they show up to the Mushroom Kingdom and they just start just messing everybody up. And, like, yeah. they're like glue Goombas together and, like, roll them down hills and. They're just, like, they're just. And I just love it. I think, I think, I think that. It, it, again, I, I usually tend to not think I enjoy those types of games. Then go in and then I adore those type of games and get hopelessly addicted. Um, so I'll probably check out the first one at some point and see how good the sequel is. I reckon um, you should. If you have a Switch, like, get it. Yeah, you know what? I'll actually see if I can get that. Good. So. What's your next now, game? Now I'm going to be, like, got, stepping away from Nintendo. Yeah, we've got two games left, so what are your last two? Yeah, my next game is one that didn't really get that big a showcase or spotlight, but it got a bit of a segment, a bit of a trailer that I thought completely captured my interest, which was replaced this uh, like pixel art um, cyberpunk game. But the weird thing about it is 
I guess in a kind of similar vein of Octopath Traveler, it's go using a light engine with the actual sprite, uh, the, the, the actual sprite art, and it looks fantastic. If it even plays remotely of anything it looked like in that trailer, I think it could be a very, very exciting indie title. And I'm always, I'm always for indie titles breaking out and surprising everyone. Fair, like I was very excited for that game as well when I saw it. I'm, I'm someone who's just sort of getting into indie games more so than AAA games, and especially like two pot, like two D side scrollers and pixel art games. It's something I only really started getting into with the Switch in the past like couple months, and when I saw this one at. E3, even like me and my girlfriend as well were both like, that game does look nice and it looks fun and that was definitely something I will be looking out for in the future Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's something that I can't really discuss too much more on, but definitely something I'm keeping an eye on uh, What's your next one? My next game is Back for Blood Ah, uh, yeah So for anyone who doesn't know, Back for Blood is a uh, team-based zombie shooter and it's made by the creators of Left 4 Dead and when I had an Xbox 360 all those years ago when I first got Xbox Live and first got the confidence to swear at people Left 4 Dead was just like the absolute top tier co-op game it was just an amazing zombie shooter like there were so many types of like special infected it was quite like it could be quite scary at times for being like a mass shooter where there's just like loads of zombies coming at you and it does kind of take away the fright of the zombies but some of the special infected like there was a special infected called the witch who would just sit and cry in the corner and then when she spotted you she would just like attack you and do a lot of damage yeah like it Left 4 Dead the first one definitely had a lot more fear factor even though the second one you know, as mentioned, there was witch. There was there's a witch, and there's usually only one of her, and she's always a kind of obstacle that you have to avoid setting off. There was one level in Left 4 Dead 2 where there's just an entire street filled with witches that yeah. you have to dodge around, and it was fantastic. They are genuinely terrifying, and they're great enemies. And yeah. Back for Blood does is made by some of the same uh, people who made Left 4 Dead, and it looks fantastic. And yeah, it's it, another game come to day one Game Pass. Another one? Yeah, that's that's a third part of game come to Game Pass day one. And genuinely, I'm so excited. Like, I don't own an Xbox, because I'm, I'm so excited for it. The only thing that looks, that gives me a sort of negative point about it is it doesn't have, at launch at least, they said they're not going to have split-screen co-op. That is which is quite something that is dying, and I'm getting kind of irritated the lack of split screen co-op yeah and it's quite annoying games. especially considering how great the split screen was for left 4 dead yeah i did hope that'd be something that they implemented they might bring it out later on with a patch who knows but they've said that at least at launch it won't be available and that is quite sad for me yeah that that's that is a kind of big blow unfortunately but it's, you know, a lot of companies are taking the philosophy of, oh, it's not there, we'll patch it, we'll fix it in post. Yes, that's, that is the only negative I can have to it. But in terms of the gameplay, it looks great, it looks really fast, fluent. 
the zombies look like the enemies and the zombies look amazing the graphics look fantastic i just genuinely can't wait for it and it's yeah, coming out this year check. and it's day one on game pass it's also coming out on playstation but it's basically free if you've got game pass yeah no it's a game that i'm excited to play as well yeah so what's your final game so my final game is a kind of expansion for a game that's about a couple of years uh, old at this point and it had a it had quite a strong effect on me uh when i was going through it i didn't expect it to emotionally scar me as deep as it did and that is doki doki literature club plus right i've heard a lot about this game but i still don't know what it is see so- it's it's kind of hard it's it's very it's in this very strange place of so many people know about it like i'm sure you're familiar with monica oh i know that i've seen the uh, the title like on the switch though yeah i don't know what that game is either so okay then i i I don't i i don't really want to explain the whole concept behind it because well it, it it's been spoiled a lot and it's became a giant kind of like internet meme about what the game is about um i will just say this it is completely deceptive and you're going to you're going to enjoy it if you're into that like pretty much don't don't let what it looks like fool you what is the what is the gameplay sort of structure for um it's a it's a visual novel so you uh pretty much is primarily dialogue where you sometimes select uh options and okay that's kind of leads you to new story paths um but yeah, it's pretty much a literature club uh, where you play as a kind of black, uh, blank canvas uh, main character and you interact with uh, four girls and you start to learn about them and hang out with them. Um, that's, that's the most I'm willing to tell you. It's very generic like description, but um, yeah, you just write poems and that. I am very interested to see how it works in consoles. That is one thing I'm very interested in. Because I thought it was going to be quite a PC specialized game, but it's not. So I I guess. So that's one thing I want to figure out is what they're doing with the uh, consoles now to make the game work uh, how it did on the PC. Maybe it's a different type of thing. I'm not sure. But... um, no, I thought I thought it was a very fantastic uh, indie project and indie game, and I would recommend it to people. But it is a very emotionally hard hitting game, so I'll give that warning there. Okay, great. Well, my last game I've mentioned it before as well is Breath of the Wild Two. Yeah, having some actual gameplay from it, even just seeing that is that does look similar to the first one. Like I love the first one. There's a couple of tweaks I think they can make. I hate weapon degradation. That yeah, really annoys I'm... me when like your weapons break. Yeah, and that, that was that's... a massive thing in the first game. And so I hope yeah. they get rid of that. Apart from that, the game's, in my eyes, is like near perfect. Yeah, the weapon degradation. Even if they do something like 
give you maybe a base weapon like i thought the master sword would be one of the like indestructible weapons but at least no it can be repaired i think in the game but yeah. i'm not sure it, yeah it, like it, it doesn't break but it like wears down yeah and if they could do that system maybe for all weapons yeah i don't know how they'll handle down. it or if they'll just do it the same as the first game because that wasn't one of the features that they talked about in the presentation but I do think it's a great game. If they have expanded, like, they're obviously they're having a more vertical approach to it, so they've got lands in the sky this time. So yeah. if they're using that as a way to sort of expand the map, then that's cool. Because, like, the map in the first game is huge. Like, yeah, ridiculously I think, big. I think they might have done a lot of kind of calamity effects on the ground, so I yeah. think that will also be interesting to kind of re-explore this place is so familiar but it's so shattered and different i think that'll be pretty cool yeah so like i'm excited for that that'll be great that comes out next year the first game came out in 2017 the first game was a launch title for the switch and came out on wii u as well which shows sort of it has been over four years now and so i'm very excited for that four years jeez yeah. Okay, I didn't realise it was that long. Yeah, it'll be five years when it comes out. It'll be like closer to six years than five years when it comes out, I think. That's... I, 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 that, that is just crazy. I just keep forgetting, like, I still feel like Breath of the Wild is like kind of a fresh game, even though there's been Breath of the Wild rip-offs at this point, so it's not really that fresh a game. Yeah, maybe you just feel that way because they still charge full price for it. Well, people keep buying it. What's the point in reducing it? There was a point where they sold more copies of Breath of the Wild than actual Switches. <laughs> I maybe, don't know maybe the... why that happened, how it happened, but that was an actual stat. Yeah, but no, like overall, um, yeah. What would you? What would you? I don't know. Like, if I asked you. Um, do you think that next year E3 is going to be a lot more exciting? Uh, it's hard to tell. Like, also, there's still a few games that announced this year that still won't have released by next E3, and then there's obviously there's always game delays. There's. I hope that next year, if a company doesn't have anything to show, they just don't show up. I don't want another repeater like the Square Enix one or stuff like that where the, the companies show up for the sake of it and it's just a boring conference Capcom as well they were Capcom, guilty of Capcom that. was the other one I was thinking of yeah Capcom because Capcom got so many good properties and they just haven't announced anything I hope Sony starts showing up again well we'll see what their state of play looks like whenever they do that which should be at some point soon I hope so because they did one recently for uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 but I it was only about that and it, yeah it looked fine <laughs> I don't have a PS5 so because they're impossible to get yeah but I, I like I'm optimistic for it I'm always optimistic and looking ahead to the next E3 I always believe yeah. it could be good whether or not I'm right yeah a well question. I hope that 
with a few of the games that I'm most excited for coming out this year or the very start of the uh, next, once I get that, um, maybe next year is the year that Dragon's Dogma 2 gets announced or something that I didn't even know I wanted. But regardless, um, there'll be an audience there, so there's always going to be that kind of atmosphere that will come back. There'll hopefully be an audience there. Yeah, it's it's it, honestly. I'm, I hope I hope it's everyone is able to actually just come back and gather in a crowd and get those cheesy applause for every single thing said. I miss those, and I can't wait for it to come back. So we've spoken a lot about E3. This recording's went on for a good while, and so we'll wrap up here. And that's it for the premiere episode of the Extra Heart Podcast. Right, it was been great being on here and chatting with you, especially about the C3 that I got a bit more into than I expected and yeah, I'm okay for it. And that's it for this week's episode. We release new episodes every Friday as well as midweek uploads on a Tuesday where we have a chat with someone from the video game industry. So keep an eye out for that. That's all for this week and we'll see you next week. This podcast was produced by Ace King Audio. A music was provided by Randy Sharp.